Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. This is Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the Scriptures with us for a few moments as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, what he called the good news or gospel about the kingdom of God. If you ask a student of the Bible to define the gospel for you, you will probably be told that the gospel message of salvation consists of two great truths. First, Jesus died for our sins. Second, Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the Father. Now, a few seem to have stopped to ask themselves, is that in fact what the Bible teaches as the Christian gospel? Open a Bible and begin to read the accounts of Jesus' preaching of the gospel. Remember that Jesus was commissioned by God to give us the gospel of salvation. Luke 19 and verse 10 says that Jesus came to seek and to save sinners. And so Jesus was the great preacher of the gospel of salvation. Now, what facts did Jesus present to the public as the gospel? Did Jesus come into Galilee urging people to believe in his death and resurrection? He did not. Not according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus began in Galilee with an announcement of what he called the gospel of God. He called it the gospel about the kingdom of God. Let me read to you from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming God's gospel, and he said, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is approaching. Repent and believe in that gospel. Now note carefully that Jesus did not say a word about his death and resurrection at this stage. He simply commanded belief in the gospel about the kingdom of God. In Luke 4, verse 43, Jesus told us the reason for his whole mission and ministry. He stated that he must, and I quote, proclaim the gospel about the kingdom of God to other cities also. That's the reason why God commissioned me. End of quotation in Luke 4, verse 43. Later, Jesus dispatched the disciples to announce the very same gospel message. I quote again, Jesus sent them out to herald the gospel of the kingdom of God. And they departed and began going everywhere among the villages, preaching the gospel. You'll find that in Luke chapter 9, verses 2 and 6. Now, what was that gospel message about? Well, obviously, it was not about the death and resurrection of Jesus at this stage. In fact, if you trace the story through the gospels, you'll find that it's not until Matthew chapter 16 that it says that Jesus from that time began to speak of his death and resurrection. But up to that time, that's to say for no less than 16 chapters in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus had said absolutely nothing about his death and resurrection as part of the Gospel. On the contrary, Jesus had simply spoken of the kingdom of God. And he taught the disciples not only to believe in that Gospel for salvation, but he sent them out to herald that very same message about the kingdom of God. If you look in Luke chapter 18, verses 31 to 33, you'll find that Jesus there described his coming death and resurrection to the disciples for the third time. And yet we read that his own chosen apostles understood none of these things. Luke 18, verse 34. And yet, as we have just been saying, they had been preaching the gospel, according to Luke 9, verse 6, 
and Luke 9, verse 60, and also Luke 10, verse 9. So you see, information about the death and resurrection of Jesus was not part of the gospel as Jesus began to preach it and continued to preach it for a large portion of his ministry. Now, we've been pointing out that if we want to get to know Jesus as a Jew, if we want to recognize him as our teacher and our instructor and understand him in his own Jewish context, then we must begin to define the salvation gospel from the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. And there's no better way of doing that than to begin, in fact, with the man who introduced Jesus. The beginning of the Christian movement began actually prior to the ministry of Jesus in the ministry of John the Baptist. And Matthew's gospel is the best place to start. It's the first gospel that we have, the first of the three or four records of Jesus' ministry. In Matthew 3, verses 1 and 2, we find the beginning of the ministry of John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, remarkably, that kingdom of heaven is beautifully defined for us in the very same chapter. In that very chapter, John the Baptist addressed the Pharisees and said, Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He then commanded them to bring forth fruit fit for their repentance. John the Baptist then went on to say that the Messiah was going to follow with his ministry. And whereas John the Baptist was baptizing in water, the Messiah would be empowered to baptize people in the Holy Spirit and also in fire. And by fire, John the Baptist clearly meant the fire of hell because in the very next verse, he gave us a clear definition of what is meant by repenting in view of the coming kingdom of heaven. John the Baptist there said that Jesus as Messiah would one day gather the wheat into the barn of his kingdom but burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now it's very clear from this opening chapter describing the gospel as John the Baptist preached it that the gospel which requires repentance in view of the kingdom of heaven points us forward to the great day of judgment. Now I would like you to notice the most significant fact as we attempt to define the gospel as Jesus preached it. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17 we find that Jesus came bringing exactly the same message. Matthew 4:17 says that Jesus also announced the gospel by saying, Repent, that's to say, reorientate your whole life to a new horizon. Repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in verse 23 we find a summary statement of Jesus' whole mission there. He went around all Galilee preaching the gospel about the kingdom of heaven. Now, it must be obvious to any unprejudiced reader that the message, the content of the message as Jesus brought it is supposed to be the same as the content of the message of John the Baptist. No doubt Jesus developed the theme of the kingdom of heaven much more extensively than John the Baptist. That, of course, was because John the Baptist's ministry came to a dramatic end when he was beheaded by Herod. But the basic and foundational concept of the gospel was exactly the same in John the Baptist's message as it was in the message of Jesus Christ himself. No wonder then that Luke, in Luke 16, verse 16, reports Jesus as saying that the law and the prophets were until John, and since the time of John, the gospel of the kingdom has been preached. 
Now, that clearly unifies the mission and ministry of John with that of Jesus himself. Well, you may say, isn't the gospel as John preached it rather threatening? Is it really true that the Christian gospel contains threats of the axe being laid at the root of the trees and of the wrath to come and of burning in unquenchable fire? Well, the fact remains that Jesus used exactly that same language when he announced the gospel and explained it. If we turn next to the 13th chapter of Matthew, we'll find that the language of John the Baptist coincides exactly with the language of Jesus as given in that 13th chapter. You remember how John the Baptist had spoken of the Messiah and how he's going to gather his wheat into the barn and burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's found in Matthew 3, verse 12. Now, if you turn over a few pages to Matthew 13 and verse 30, we read this. Jesus said, Allow both the wheat and the weeds to grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the tares, or weeds, and bind them in bundles to burn them up. But gather the wheat into my barn. Now there we have exactly the language of John the Baptist as he announced the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And a few verses later, in that 13th chapter of Matthew, in verse 38, we read this, The field, said Jesus, is the world. As for the good seed, these are the members of the kingdom, or the sons of the kingdom, those destined for the kingdom. And the tares are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. Therefore, just as the tares are gathered up and burned with fire, so shall it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You see there that the gospel of the kingdom sets before us two destinies. But those destinies, we should notice most carefully, are to be settled not at the moment when you die, but at the moment of the second coming, at the end of this age. Now, I should point out, of course, that the only time in which we have to prepare for those destinies is our present life. But it isn't at the moment of death that we are dispatched either to the fires of hell or into the kingdom of God. It's at the moment of the second coming, at the end of the age. Jesus did not say, the moment you die, you will be ushered into the kingdom or cast into the lake of fire. He said, at the end of the age, when the Son of Man comes, then he will decide between the good and the bad. Then he will divide between the wicked and the righteous. Now, that's a most important point because in popular language today, we often seem to hear that the moment of crisis and judgment is the moment of death. Now, that's not true. It's only at the end of the age when hellfire is introduced and entrance into the kingdom of God is provided. Do you realize what that means? 
that there is no hell now raging in some subterranean area. There is no kingdom of God to which all the righteous have gone. Those events, entrance into the kingdom, or to be destroyed in the lake of fire, are events which belong to the end of the age, namely the moment when Jesus returns. You may want to examine this most carefully. If you have been misled into thinking that hell is already a reality and that people are already burning in hellfire, you may have to revise your view as you study the 13th chapter of Matthew. For Jesus, hellfire and entrance into the kingdom are the great facts which will divide the good from the bad at the end of the age. It's at that point in God's great scheme, and not before, that the decisive distinction is drawn between the good and the evil. Now, that's precisely what Jesus said in John chapter 5 when he declared these extraordinary words. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Once again we see that the moment of judgment is the moment of the resurrection, not before the resurrection is any sentence passed on the evil, and not before the resurrection is any reward of the life in the coming age given to the righteous. That's a most important point because it forces our minds forward to the future, to the second coming. We invite you to request our free booklet on What Happens When We Die and join us again as we continue to investigate Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.